As Athaliah was just consumed with, with, with a lust for power, and she kills all of his brothers, kills anybody who's in the line, in the, in, in the line to be heir of the king. Welcome, everyone, and thank you for joining us. You're listening to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with senior pastor and teacher Rob Kellogg. Ahaziah was executed by Yehu. Athaliah used this occasion of her son's death to take power for herself, and she reigned over the land for six years. We remember that Athaliah was the daughter of Ahab and Jezebel and was given to King Jehoram of Judah as a bride. She was a bad influence on both her husband Jehoram and her son King Ahaziah. Now, after Yehu's coup, Athaliah tried to save something for Ahab's family by trying to eliminate the house of David in Judah. Now let's join Pastor Rob as he begins our study in chapter 11 in the book of 2 Kings. We're going to look at the 11th chapter of 2 Kings tonight. And if I had to put a title on tonight's message, which I, I think the, the thing that could be appropriate is The Return of the King. The Return of the King. And that's certainly a title that if you're a, a Tolkien fan... Uh, you know that he wrote three books, uh, The Lord of the Rings, and the very last one was The Return of the King. And you remember in that, uh, just the, uh, the usurpation of, of authority that the, the dark side had taken. And then finally, in that last book, you know, Aragorn comes back to the throne and, and, and recovers it from evil. And uh, tonight we will see that very same thing, uh, certainly one of the themes in this passage tonight. And, um, you know, one of the things about kings that I find to be really discouraging, but yet um, certainly instructional for us, is, is just to see the, the depravity of man and, and, and just to see the very best that man can do. And you know, trying to govern and trying to do things what they think is right and, and yet not having a heart that's completely given over to Christ. And, and thus there's a double-mindedness in the heart of a person. And you may find yourself being in that position too, that if you're not completely given over to Christ and you're, you're daily not in the Word, you're maybe daily not praying to God, maybe daily not in fellowship with other Christians or, or just really pursuing Him like David would do, he would pursue Him with all of his heart. He was a man after God's own heart. And, and I believe that God wants us to be those people that are after His own heart. And when you're after God's heart... Um, you're never going to be disappointed because he can't disappoint you. 
Men and women will disappoint you. Friends will disappoint you. Your own family will disappoint you. The church will even disappoint you. But there is one who will never disappoint. And that's Jesus Christ. And he may, not, he may not give you show up at the exact time that you may want him to. His relief or his resources in your life may not come at the exact moment when you desire. But when God wants to show up, he does so in a wonderful way. And there's a reason for his delay. Even when he delayed to go see Lazarus, he waited. He could have showed up and he could have brought his friend to life and, and even prevented him from dying. But you remember, he says, no, we've got to wait a couple days. And why was that? Because Christ was going to be glorified in this man, in and through him. It was going to be one of those things that Jesus would do to prove that he is who the prophets had for hundreds and even a few thousand years had told that he was. He would, he would prove that he is the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And, and as the Messiah, he would be able to control nature. He would be able to control uh, life whether and, and things that are visible and invisible. And we see that as we've gone through the Gospel of Matthew, just how he had power over the things that are visible and the things unseen. As he drove those demons, they asked permission of what they could do and where they could go. And he gave the permission for them. Remember those swine. He gave the permission for those demons to go into the swine. He has complete control. Never lose sight of that, especially in the world that we live in today that just seems to be coming apart as it seems. Christian, do you know that the Bible has been talking about this time that we're entering into? I don't know how long. I don't know much uh, other than I, I know the end of the event. I know the end of what's coming and folks, we're, we're, we're getting there. And don't be discouraged, because I have been discouraged, I'll be honest with you. And I would ask for your forgiveness, because, you know, I've walked around sometimes with a long face and, and struggle with things, and, and I apologize for that. It's never easy to go through something, even though you know what's going to happen. Do you understand? You know what I'm talking about? You can, be, you can know you're going to go through something difficult, but it's not until you get in the middle of it, you're like, oh man, I really hate this. I really am not enjoying this, Lord. Can you choose somebody else? Can you come back at a different time? You know, can you allow this thing to happen at a different time when it's convenient for me, you know, and it never is convenient for me because who wants difficult times? And so the return of the king is coming. Jesus is on his way. And uh, he's on his way, he's coming, and we can be uh, encouraged in that, to know that he is going to fulfill the promises that he has made to his church. He cannot lie, and so he will do exactly and precisely what he said he was going to do. He's never lied to us, and most and everything, actually, that he has, that has been told, foretold of him, uh, many of those things have already come to pass, and yet there's a lot ahead of us, folks. We've got a lot to look forward to, and so I am looking forward to that. And I can't wait for the return of the king. And tonight we're going to see that Athaliah, who was, remember Athaliah was the daughter of Ahab and Jezebel, this, this husband and wife, uh, Ahab being the king of Israel, and Jezebel, his wife, who was a very power-hungry, demon-worshipping woman, and actually both of them were just a horrible couple. 
And here they are, and one of, and, the, and the Bible gives a lot of space to the things that they did because God wants to make sure that this is recorded for us to learn from and for the children of Israel to learn from. But so Athaliah was the result, the, 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 the result of this union of Ahab and Jezebel. They gave birth to a daughter. Her name was Athaliah. But instead of marrying somebody in the upper part of Israel, she ends up marrying Jehoram, who we looked at the last couple of weeks, he was the king of Judah, and now he marries this daughter whose family has been involved in idolatry for, for some time, demon worship, and what is a good Jew like Jehoram, you know, hooking up with this woman, <laughs> Athaliah, this woman who could have turned from her sin and not been like her father and her mother, but like the old adage says, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. And she was just as, as horrible as her parents. And we're going to see tonight that after Yehu, remember, murders Jehoram, and he mur- murders um, uh, Ahaziah, the next king. He murders all of Ahab's relatives and sons and, and all of their acquaintances. And Jezebel or I'm sorry, uh, Athaliah, once she realizes that her son Ahaziah is dead, she takes the throne and puts herself on the throne. Never before has this happened in Israel where a woman has taken the throne. And, um, and again, it has nothing to do with her ability. We know that God, you know, he... he he calls men to those positions like he does in the church. He calls men to be pastors, not women. It's not because a woman is not capable. It has nothing to do with her spirituality. It has nothing to do with her capability or anything like that or her gifts or talents. It's all about God's order. And God's order was always for the man to be the head of the home. And hopefully that man is sensitive to the Spirit of God where he respects his wife, loves her, and treats her the way he ought to. And hopefully he lays down his life for his family as Christ laid down his life for the church. And he's also called men to those kinds of leadership positions. And yet, learning from her mother, no doubt, usurping authority, she did it with Ahab. She was really the one who was the authority in the family. And Athaliah learns from her mother and becomes just like her. When she could have turned and been something different, she just continues to model what her mother has done for her. And we, we saw last week that uh, Jezebel came about a horrible death that had been prophesied of her that she would be killed in such a horrible way because of her sin, because of her crimes. And now we're going to see Athaliah, no doubt, the same as her mother, go in the same place. And it's a horrible thing, really, isn't it? And then we see uh, Joash, or Jehoash is his name, but Joash is a shortened name of his, version of his name. We see him coming to the throne, and uh, rightfully so. And so let's look at uh, chapter 11. Let's just, it's, it's a short chapter. Let's just read it, and then we'll come back to it, okay? And um, so notice... It says, then when Athaliah, 
the mother of Ahaziah, saw that her son was dead, she rose and destroyed all the royal heirs. But Jehosheba, the daughter of King Joram, sister of Ahaziah, took Joash, the son of Ahaziah, and stole him away from among the king's sons who were being murdered. And, and they hid him and his nurse in the bedroom from Athaliah so that he was not killed. And so he was hidden with her in the house of the Lord for six years while Athaliah reigned over the land. And in the seventh year, Jehoiada, who was a priest at the time in the temple there, uh, or in, uh, yes, sent and brought the captains of hundreds of the bodyguards and the escorts and brought them into the house of the Lord to him. And he made a covenant with them and, told, and took an oath from them in the house of the Lord and showed them the king's son. And then he commanded them, saying, This is what you shall do. One third of you who come on duty on the Sabbath shall keep watch over the king's house. One-third shall be at the gate of Sewer, and one-third at the gate behind the escorts. And you shall keep the watch of the house, lest it be broken down. The two contingents of you who go off duty on the Sabbath shall keep watch of the house of the Lord for the king. But you shall surround the king on all sides, every man with his weapons in his hand, and whoever comes within range, let him be put to death." You are to be with the king as he goes out and as he comes in. So the captains of the hundreds did according to all that Jehoiada the priest commanded. Each of them took his men who were to be on duty on the Sabbath, with whose were with, with, with those who were going off duty, excuse me, on the Sabbath, and came to Jehoiada the priest. And the priest gave the captains of hundreds the spears, the shields which had belonged to King David, that were in the temple of the Lord. And then the escort stood, every man with his weapons in his hand, and all around the king, from the right side of the temple to the left side of the temple, by the altar and the house, he brought out the king's son, put the crown upon him, and gave him the testimony. They made him king and anointed him, and they clapped their hands and said, Long live the king! Now when Athaliah heard the noise of the escorts and the people, she came to the people in the temple of the Lord. And when she looked, there was the king standing by a pillar, according to custom. And the leaders and the trumpeteers were by the king. And all the people of the land were rejoicing and blowing trumpets. So Athaliah tore her clothes and cried out, Treason! Treason! And Jehoiada the priest commanded the captains of the hundreds, the officers of the army, and said to them, Take her outside under guard and slay with the sword whoever follows her. For the priest had said, Do not let her be killed in the house of the Lord. So they seized her. And she went by the way of the horse's entrance into the king's house, and there she was killed. And then Jehoiada made a covenant between the Lord and the king and the people that they should be the Lord's people. And also between the king and the people, and all the people of the land went to the temple of Baal and tore it down. They thoroughly broke in pieces its altars and images, and killed Matan, the priest of Baal, before the altars. And the priest appointed officers over the house of the Lord. And then he took the captains of hundreds, the bodyguards, the escorts, and all the people of the land. And they brought the king down from the house of the Lord, and went by the way of the gate of the escorts to the king's house." And then he sat on the throne of the kings. So all the people of the land rejoiced, and the city was quiet, for they had slain Athaliah with the sword in the king's house. And Jehoash was seven years old when he became king. What an amazing thing for a young man. I mean, think of this. He's seven years old. He doesn't hardly know anything. And now he's in the midst of this big conspiracy 
as Athaliah was just consumed with, with, with a lust for power, and she kills all of his brothers, kills anybody who's in the line, in the, in, in the line to be heir of the king. And thank God, Jehoshaphat saved this little infant. And at that time, he was just a baby. Still in swaddling clothes, surely, and she's hid him away and protected him. An amazing thing. So let's go back to verse 1 here. So Athaliah, the mother of Ahaz, saw that her son was dead, and she rose and destroyed all of the royal heirs. And, you know, where did she learn such a despicable act? Where did she learn to do such a thing? The kingdom was supposed to go from father to son or to the next heir. And what is she doing killing off the potential heirs? And we know why. Uh, it seems very obvious that her, she had a lust for power. She wanted to be in control. And certain she learned that from her mother, no doubt, from her mother Jezebel. And she learned this from her mother. Do you remember the time when Ahab there was in Jezreel and he saw this vineyard next to his palace and he desired to have the vineyard? He wanted to turn it into a vegetable garden. And the man who owned it was Naboth and he goes to Naboth and he asks for the land and and Naboth is like, you know, this land belongs to me and it's to my tribe and to my family. It passes down through my family. And everybody knew that. But Ahab was just a spoiled, can I use the term brat? He wanted that, he wanted that land. And so he goes to his house, he's weeping to his wife. And his wife says, I'll take care of this. She goes down, she has Naboth killed. She comes back and says, the land is yours, my love. And, she, and they, they, they take the land from this innocent man. So where did Athaliah learn how to take the reins and to, and to take control? She was a take control kind of girl. She learned it from her mother. And that's kind of sobering, isn't it? You know, as we think about our own lives and our kids and the, the behaviors that we show to our kids, sometimes they won't listen to what you say, but they'll watch what you do. And that is so important for us because, you know, like the old adage says, you know, talk is cheap. You know, I can tell all I want. I can say, I can quote the scripture, I can do all of this, but if my life is not in alignment with the word of God, if my life is not submitted to the word of God, and, and this is, comes, as I'm, as I'm pointing out to you, uh, the fingers, these, these three fingers on each hand are pointing back at me. And I know this to be true, and it's such an awesome responsibility to be a parent. It means to be circumspect, to watch what you do. Because we do live in a fishbowl, whether we like it or not. We live in a fishbowl. Everyone is watching. Our kids, our, 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 um, everybody in the church, people are watching our behavior. So, verse 2, Jehoshaphat, the daughter of King Joram, the sister of Ahazai, she comes and she takes, a, uh, she takes the young son, you know, little guy, little infant. She takes him and hides him away and... Um, and David's dynasty was supposed to continue through his line. It, you'll notice that in, in, in the, the line of Judah, in, in, the, in the southern two tribes, that dynasty was never broken. 
It, it always went from the father to the son and from his son to his son to his son. And that's a dynasty. It, it never, it was unbroken. And the, the, unfortunately, the northern ten tribes, they had a broken dynasty. There were nine different dynasties, at least, up in the uh, northern part where it didn't succeed like that. But David's dynasty was very specific. God made sure that he would be faithful to the word that he spoke to David long ago when he made a covenant with him. And we'll look at that tonight. But uh, it was supposed to be preserved and continue to go. And it was, but there was this little blip on the radar screen. And that blip was Athaliah, seeking to take control over Judah. You know, Jehoshaphat's actions remind me a lot of Miriam. Remember when they were going to kill all the, uh, all the um, uh, Israel boys in Egypt and, and her mother, uh, Moses' mother, put him in a little uh, a thrush and, and put him in a basket and floated him down the river. And, and thank God his sister Miriam was watching and she saw, you know, Pharaoh's daughter pick, you know, there by the water and, and seeing the baby crying and she, her heart was melted, just a, a, a woman's um, intuition, her you know, motherly love kind of thing. And, and Miriam intercedes and says, hey, I know a woman who could, who could nurse her for you. And he gives her back to his mother, <laughs> which is a really cool thing. But I see Jehoshaphat kind of acting in the same way, this wonderful proxy to preserve that uh, seed of, of David and thank God for her. Thank God for her. So verse 3, she was hidden. So he was hidden with her in the house of the Lord for six years while Athaliah reigned over the land. And uh, it makes you wonder how this could have happened and why no one else intervened any sooner. So for six years, this woman is on the throne of Judah reigning when she was unlawfully there to begin with. And, um, but she was a powerful woman. She came from a powerful family. She had connections, something she no doubt learned from her mother. It's all about the connections. It's all about the, it's who you know. It's who you know. And Athaliah's lust for power was not uncommon. Many people have a lust for power, even though they may not be ready or even called to a position that they may desire, but it doesn't keep people from lusting for it and, and striving to take that place of leadership, whether it's in the church or even in a, in a company, a Fortune 500 company. It doesn't matter that these things happen. And, uh, but she was not to do it. But she did, and God allowed it for a season. And that season was six years. Satan filled her heart, and she took the bait. Unlike our Savior, remember in Matthew chapter 4, it tells us that when the very last temptation that the devil brought Jesus to was, it says again, and this is in Matthew 4 verse 8, again the devil took Jesus on an exceedingly high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory, and he said to him, all these things I will give to you if you will fall down and worship me. And Jesus said, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. Showed him all the kingdoms of the earth, and, and, and Jesus says, This is not the way I'm going to save the world through this means. Thank you for the rabbit trail, but my, my life, my ministry is through the cross, not through some promise that you make to me. And he had to go to the cross. 
It was essential. It had been prophesied. Only the blood of God can forgive the sin of, of, of mine and, and your sin, right? Only a perfect sacrifice. That's why Jesus died once on the cross, not several times. He died once. There was no need for any more animal sacrifices. That's the end of our lesson for today, but please join us next time as Pastor Rob continues our study in the book of 2 Kings. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office. You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things such as information concerning our beliefs, our ministries, contact information, our location, service times, and much more. You can also download or listen to the radio and sanctuary messages free of charge from the teachings link at the top of the page. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester's sanctuary messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Podcast or Apple Podcast. You're also invited to join us on Sunday and Thursdays through live streaming of our services and Bible studies. Just click on the online services link on the website. We're so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way that we can bless you with your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.